I am thankful for the experience because it made me into the person that I am today. And I wouldn't trade the woman, the wife, the coach, the minister that I am today. I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. Welcome to And Then Everything Changed, a podcast about the pivotal moments in life and decisions that define us. I'm your host, Ronit Plank. Today, my guest is Artesia Bolding. Welcome, Artesia. Thank you so much for having me, Ronit. I'm really glad you're here. And today, we're going to talk about pretty much the difference between your life in 2018 or right before 2018 and then what happened afterward, which set you on a new course. Yeah. Uh, would you say that 2018 was the, the pivotal year? Absolutely. A perfect adjective is so appropriate because that was literally the year everything changed. Can you talk a little bit about you know, I always find it really interesting to see how people were living prior to the change that occurred for them. So mm -hmm. can you give me sort of a background about who you were back then or, or what was going on in your life? And did you even know that things were not the way you wanted them to be? You know what? I didn't realize sometimes you have to get to that very low moment when you have no choice but to pivot it's mm. kind of like pivot or die. I could almost put that on a t-shirt, <laughs> right? <laughs> I love that. And so I didn't know. I was just going. I um, come from a long line of very strong, independent, driven women, um, world-class work ethic. And mm. I was very much a go-getter. Now, that didn't change. I still am. But, um, you know, I pursued my education. I got my master's degree. Um, I was a corporate girl for several years. And in 2018, I had actually, um, I was approaching two years um, on a construction site. Hard mm -hmm. hat, fluorescent vest, the whole deal, right? Mm -hmm. um, and um, that was very different from what I had went to school for growing up. I wanted to be Claire Huxtable. I wanted to be this <laughs> kick butt lawyer and have this, you know, great husband and all of this. Mm -hmm. But um, the job market said differently. So um, I was at one of the highest paying gigs in my area. I'm in uh, Georgia, as you know. Mm -hmm. And um, nuclear power is huge here. So I was on world-class nuclear power construction site, but I was miserable. Again, making a lot of money, but absolutely miserable. I was working 50 and 60 hour weeks mm -hmm. with a 45 minute commute both ways. So um, looking back, I know that I wasn't really living. I was just existing. It's like, you know, wake up, coffee, punch the clock, <laughs> repeat, mm -hmm. really. What were you telling yourself at the time about what your life was like and about the work you were doing? What was the plan, you know, when you were in, in this? Because a lot of times I think, I, I mean, at least for me, it, it's hard for me to get perspective about what I'm undergoing until later. You just, mm -hmm. you, you may not plan on it being the big picture. And so as, as your life was unfolding this way, was there something you were telling yourself or, or did you feel content? I thought that I was content in some areas, but I was really, really discontented in a lot of areas. Um, 
I I got his permission. I'll say permission, but he knows I talk about this freely. My husband, Mm -hmm. God bless Mr. Bolding. Um, Mm -hmm. I wanted to be more financially independent from him. He's Mm -hmm. always been uh, the breadwinner. And again, you know, from my family background, I didn't like that I had to be because of what the job market had done with me. I didn't like that I had to be so dependent financially on him. And that actually uh, took a strain, probably more so on my part uh, with our interactions and just how I felt as a Mm -hmm. woman and a citizen in this country, you know. Mm -hmm. And so um, I... How long had you been married, by the way? um, At that time, we had been married six years we were, okay. this was um, early 2018. So we were headed okay. into year seven. Okay. Thank you. And yeah, it was just a very, very trying time. And so I told myself that I needed to make my own money, pull my own weight. And at the same time, I would call my own shots. So for mm-hmm. me, there was a trade-off. So, um, you know, I was going to make my own schedule, whether he liked it or not. I was going to buy what I wanted, whether he liked it or not. And so I was just going to do those things. And I went about kind of checking things off the list. I was planning for girls trips. I upgraded my car. I was paying down debt. So I was doing those things. And I was also quite secretly planning to leave him. I was just like, if this doesn't get better and I'm actually financially stable the way that I want to be, I'm out of here. When you when you talk about getting better, uh, what was your I mean, I'm curious what you think about that now. Mm -hmm. Do do you feel that there were issues that were not because of you and where you were in your life? Yes, that definitely played a big part. By the way, Mm -hmm. we are still together, Mm -hmm. happily married, so excited and thankful that we were able to traverse these tough times Um, at the time. I felt like he had really checked out. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of our other great trade-offs in our marriage uh, was him relocating to the state of Georgia, which is where uh, my family was. Uh, When we first got married, my grandmother had taken ill and I relocated from Los Angeles to, Mm -hmm. and took a huge pay cut, like that whole deal. So it's a big circle, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, to be closer to my grandmother um, through what we knew were going to be her final years. Mm -hmm. And so he agreed because, you know, we wanted to be together. So he agreed to come here. And to me, without him saying that, I feel like he put his stake in the ground. Like I left my family and my good paying Mm -hmm. job also Mm -hmm. to come here like you wanted to be closer to your family. And so that's it. So there wasn't a lot of engagement there wasn't a lot of sharing of feelings like we both Mm. just kind of um went into you know just kind of going through the motions again you know going to the job that's really common I mean Mm -hmm. depending on how you approach relationships and and whether or not you I feel like people in relationships and you can tell me if you agree with this at all and you can disagree of course but I feel like you either come to a place where you realize all right we really have to roll up our sleeves here and do an amazing job in this relationship and be really accountable or we're going to continue to try to skate by without you know calling ourselves and each other on on what's happening and those mm-hmm. don't work out so well in my experience oh my gosh you hit the nail on the head exactly right and we mm. were in that uh that last category we were literally 
just skating by and it was not I mean you know of course we have some fun and something it wasn't just a complete nightmare but Mm -hmm. it wasn't what I envisioned and I'm a woman of faith and I had seen uh, not necessarily in my blood family but in my larger community with church members and um, even neighbors I had seen successful marriages and I literally studied Um, I married when I was older And so I wanted to be a good wife. I didn't want to um, tear my house down. I wanted to build it up, fortify Mm -hmm. it, right? So I had spent time with these women and I felt like um, I didn't know maybe everything, but I felt like I had a body of knowledge to move through this correctly. And I just Mm -hmm. felt like on the other side, that wasn't the case. And that was very, very painful Mm -hmm. to come to that uh, realization. And at one point, I can't necessarily say exactly what the point was, but at one point, it was clear that we kind of both just stopped doing the work, and it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. I think that happens a lot, and I mm-hmm. think that um, I, I, for me, I just want to weigh in on this. I feel like for me, uh, part of it was my own, you know, in Yiddish, in Yiddish, you'd say mishugas, which is like nonsense, my own garbage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, part of it was what I learned and I, I really feel like some people might get real lucky in the family of origin department where they can they can see and, and have modeled for them a really amazing relationship. And hopefully they are able to carry that with them for their own personal relationship. But mm. in my case, I didn't see anything like that. And so I mm. had to kind of reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of work. Yes. Yes. Same here. I Like as I had to seek these women out because they, you know, they weren't in my um, blood family. Mm -hmm. And so I knew there were patterns that I had to fight. And it's kind of like, you know, all women, they get to a point where, you know, you look in the mirror or you kind of look on your life and you say, oh my gosh, I'm turning into my mom. (laughs) (laughs) When that began happening, I was like, oh no, of course there's some things that uh, you want to take. You want to take the great qualities and things like that. But those dark areas, you really have to shine light on and uncover mm-hmm. those so that we don't repeat those cycles generation after generation. Definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So please go on. Okay. I'm sorry. Keep no, you're you. fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Okay. And so um, when I tell the story, I always say um, at the ripe old age of 38, out of nowhere, I became gravely ill. And uh, that's not a dramatic statement. Like I was literally mm-hmm. dying. So um, the very first time in my entire life that I stayed overnight at a hospital, um, I had just I just turned 38 and that was uh, Thanksgiving of 2017. And so, uh, you know, my family and I joked after the fact, they said, you made this first time a whopper because I was in there for eight days that very first time, which is crazy. No medical history, nothing Um, I don't say this to boast, but I have to share that at the time, despite this uh, great paying job, great insurance, I didn't even have a primary care doctor at the time because Mm. I was quote unquote young and healthy. I just kind of never went to the doctor. Right. So, um, you know, they were trying to find out what was wrong and, you know, misdiagnosed after misdiagnosis, all these specialists I went to see um, that first time I had double pneumonia. Okay. So literally both of my lungs were filling up and I could not breathe. I thought I was having a heart attack. Like it was Mm. super crazy. 
And nothing precipitated it. You everything like it went from fine to not fine. It literally went from fine to not fine. So um, there were some little signs um, the a few weeks prior. So mm-hmm. October, and I've traced this a hundred times. So um, yeah, I bet. October, yeah. <laughs> October time frame. You know, I developed the cough, and the people at work are like, "Oh man, are you sick? Don't cough around me, so and so." But I suffer uh, from allergies really bad. And I'm like, "No, it's hay fever season," uh, because mm-hmm. I didn't have any of the head, the aches, none of that. I knew it wasn't um, a normal cold. I knew it wasn't flu. So I'm like, "No, it has to be." hay fever but it just progressively got worse Mm -hmm. and worse and worse and that proceeded through January all the way through May so um, I had a total of four hospital admissions for 26 days Ronit I would be in the hospital through these visits right what did your husband say what was his what was he doing at this point Okay, so get this. This is the crazy part. And this is why I'm just so, so, so thankful for where we are now. I, I'm a huge believer in practicing gratitude. I'm so thankful mm-hmm. because um, as the time, now, mind you, I'm getting sicker. Mm-hmm. I'm still working a lot of hours because I'm still like money. Like that's what mm-hmm. my mind is on is on the money. And so I'm like, well, I'm not going to take all of this time off the job I'm just gonna work and take some over-the-counter stuff like anybody that's listening to this please <laughs> even though I know um, you know we have a lot going on right now we have to sanitize and mask and everything but if you feel like you are coming down with something please just contact your physician do not try to self-medicate that is a huge mistake Mm. And, um, you know, what I were read, you giving yourself? What were you doing prior, prior to getting it, into the hospital? What were you taking? And did you I have mean, any family everything. around you that were I saying, did. Hey, mm-hmm. come on now. But no one, um, what the, my closest tightest circle were some, somebody probably recommended that I go to a doctor, but I didn't take it seriously. Cause again, I'm quote unquote young and healthy. I'm like, yes. come on. It can't be that, you know. It also so, is sort of like your lived experiences that you, it sounds like your lived experience has been, I'm healthy and I've always been healthy and mm-hmm. I don't even need health insurance. So why would I do that? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then, at, but see, at the time from my job, I had the top health insurance in the state, but I literally didn't use it. Right, it was a right. card in the back of my wallet. It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, I took everything from NyQuil to DayQuil, mm-hmm. Tylenol, Cole, Alka-Seltzer, everything that you think of. And, you know, a few days it will be okay. But again, it was just progressively getting um, progressively getting worse. And then I'm getting frustrated because, again, I'm looking at dollar signs and this is just, in my mind, equating to me. I'm not even so much concerned about my health as much because I literally think I'm fine. But I'm becoming more frustrated mm. because I'm having to take time off work. Like, what kind mm-hmm. of work reality is that? That's so crazy. Which is also really probably bugging you because then that's that's interfering with your bottom line and, and the money you want to make. Exactly. Exactly. And so totally wrong focus. But um, not to belabor that part of it. So um, you asked what was uh, my husband doing. Yeah. So as the time progressed, as, um, you know, winter was turning into spring, March, I was back in um, the hospital and May. Um, at the time, my husband and I weren't actually even living in the same home anymore. So mm-hmm. I had, you know, taken that step and I just said, 
this is not for me. But he never, never gave up on us. I said, you know, I love you. I'll always love you. I want to be friends. And he's just like, no, you, you're not just going to be my friend. He just was not taking no for an answer. And so um, the communication was still there. And um, he had, in fact, moved back out of state, see, back to his comfort zone. And when I began to have to present to the hospital, he would drive back and forth. It was about a seven and a half hour drive. He would drive and he was at my side every time. I was in the hospital every single mm-hmm. time. And the last two most serious times where I actually uh, flatlined, like literally had to be resuscitated, like to, on my way to heaven, like out of here. Mm-hmm. It was those last two times that something something happened. I think um, the fear of it being so final and actually losing each other like you know just not in Mm -hmm. thought and not Mm -hmm. I can still see you on Facebook but like Mm -hmm. gone done Mm -hmm. Um, I think that flipped a switch in both of us and um, it was in um, March the very first time that um, I was in um, ICU and went into a coma state that I said um, it is clear to me that no one is ever going to love me like this man Mm -hmm. does Mm -hmm. so I need to you know put my big girl panties on and just decide that I'm going to try again and really really work because everything to me at that point signaled that okay something has changed in him too Mm -hmm. and this is something worth saving Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm just really really pleased that we have both um, this is um, now going on three years later. We mm-hmm. are um, we are being consistent, checking in with each other, and it's just working. And I say that um, he and I are both two different people. I feel like we both coded, and a new relationship, a new husband and a new wife resurrected out mm-hmm. of that situation. Can I ask you, did your family, your closest family, because I think in an earlier conversation, you and I talked about how you did have extended family around you. And I want to say nieces. Is that right? You had some nieces in your Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So did your family like him? Did they like Mr. Bolding? Were they fans of his? Um, Yes. And (laughs) I say that very sassily because (laughs) I feel like if it were... um, some recruiting activity or something. I feel like they would choose him over me. Like they love him. It actually gets on my nerves how much like they will bake things for him, cook things for him, you know, birthday and Christmas. And I'm just like, I am the relative here. I like what is happening with you folks? That's hilarious that you said you said a recruiting activity like in what in what shape on what planet would there be like a recruiting situation for both of you but that's really funny like I get what you're saying and I know I was going to say the purge but I didn't want to be too morbid (laughs) but it's just like if they had to choose one like okay you can only keep one I really think they would keep them that's hilarious oh my goodness so like 
Okay, so I have to ask you then, when you guys got back together and mm-hmm. you're working on your relationship mm-hmm. and you can see how much your family loves him, are does that mean that you had to look at really like what your own patterns were before then? I mean, did you have to do that whole shakedown of yourself and realize, whoa, I made a lot of mistakes? Yes, yes. And Ronit, it's an ongoing. Marriage is the hardest, hardest, hardest work Mm -hmm. you'll ever do. But I also say it is the absolute most rewarding because Mm -hmm. no level of success that you achieve is worth anything if you don't have someone to share it with. And it's, it's fine to share it with mom and nieces and all of that. But when you have someone that you can say you love, you built a life with, to share that with is nothing like it. So mm-hmm. even to this day, I go back and I ask myself, one, one of the arguments, so year one, I always say too, that the honeymoon period is a myth. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone doesn't get one. And I didn't, I didn't get one. Um, who's ever, whoever we want to point the finger at, probably more so me. I didn't get one. And one of our early arguments year one was um, for whatever dumb reason I can say now, mm-hmm. I refused. I hated him playing his video game with the whole console and cords everywhere in the living room. I don't, it's looking back now. It's so not a big deal. Mm. Um, I definitely would prefer the living room to the bedroom, but I don't know. I was just like, nope, don't have that thing plugged up in here. I want to be able to walk freely. And it was a big blow up. So silly. Mm, so, when you look back on it now, but do you think that, I mean, I feel like I'm leading, I'm doing a leading question, but don't mm-hmm. you think it has something to do with something else? Like it's not, and I say this from my own experience, like you look mm-hmm. back on how angry you were, because I can think of those moments in my marriage too, my earlier marriage. And I'm like, what the heck was wrong with me? Like, what was I crazy about? (laughs) Right? Because it's not about that. It's something Mm -hmm. else often. Mm -hmm. Yes. And um, I think it a big part of it is um, one thing that I've uh, drilled down to is um, having been brought up by a really authoritarian parent and just really being kind of an authoritarian person in my household as well. Mm-hmm. And not taking a minute to say, okay, literally there's no I in team. Like there's a we now. It's not just me. It's not just what I want, my level of comfort and convenience. And doing the team effort and talking through things, I think it was just kind of like, no, this is my way. This is the yes. right way. Who is this guy that doesn't exactly. know the right way to do things, you know? But that's kind of what I was saying about the learned behaviors we have. And if people mm-hmm. don't, if we don't fix it or look at it, and, and that's not to say that sometimes we should be really irritated with, uh, you know, people that we're in partnerships with. I mean, they're yes. not always right either. That's not that's what right. I mean at all. That's right. But I'm saying when, when we're so caught up about something, sometimes it really is us. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, we have to look at that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. This whole experience has made me, and I prided myself prior to, of, um, you know, being, you know, the woman that um, is pretty good on taking self-inventory, checking in and, you know, making sure that I'm doing my work. But um, marriage and then a health crisis paired with a marital crisis, whoa, it made me go to levels of self-evaluation that I never even thought. Are you happy that you went through the health crisis then? 
hate to say that. I can't believe you asked me that. <laughs> I hate to say that. Wait, do you think about it sometimes? Or all is it the time. All, oh, okay. like, literally all the time. And I say <laughs> it like this. Um, it, it absolutely did not feel good. It totally sucked. But mm-hmm. I am thankful. On, on this other side of it, I am thankful for the experience because it made me into the person that I am today. And I wouldn't trade the woman, the wife, the coach, the minister that I am today. I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, I hear that a lot with my guests. I mean, I mean, sometimes you would never take back a loss to, to get to where you are with growth, you know, a, a personal loss or losing someone. But there are people I've talked to a lot on the show who are grateful for these really hard times. And yes. that's the most astounding part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you, I know we have a lot more to dig into, but do you have any long lasting health consequences because of what you went through? Yes. So I am still um, on some very strong heart medications mm-hmm. um, that I'm told I'll have to take for uh the rest of my life but I challenge that mm-hmm. <laughs> I challenge that all the time mm-hmm. because um, again you know I'm still that go-getter I'm still that you know I'm not just going to take no for an answer girl mm-hmm. um, and so at the height of this um, with get this 24-hour oxygen support so I was going into congestive heart failure and respiratory failure mm-hmm. um, that was the whole deal you know it presented as bronchitis and pneumonia but Um, Once they started to dig around, they really found out that there were greater issues in my heart and lungs. Mm -hmm. And um, so um, at the time with the 24 hour oxygen support, I had to have eight medications and I'm counted oxygen as a medication. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm so thankful now that I've been able to uh, whittle that list down to about three. And I am Mm -hmm. (laughs) in negotiations with my doctor Mm -hmm. uh, to uh, change that. But, um, and so with a heart condition, um, every, another, everything changes. So I am on a very restricted liquid intake. Um, Currently I don't have, so um, folks may or may not know this. My health gurus in your audience will uh, know this. Um, like a lot of your leafy, leafy greens and um, other foods produce fluid. And some folks who have gone into renal failure have to really manage that. Currently, my diet, I don't have um, so much of the food restrictions besides, you know, keeping the, uh, the low sodium. Mm-hmm. But I have a very highly restricted um, liquid intake. Um, 67 ounces per day is my limit. Mm-hmm. And... When the doctor first told me that, I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I'm the person that uh, you would think I'm a mom. I have fur babies, but I don't have any birth children. <laughs> but, like, I always have snacks and drinks in my purse. I'm, I always have a large purse. It's kind of like have, Yeah, like always. <laughs> so that, to me, hearing that was devastating. I was like, there's no way. You know, I'm throwing back, you know, sodas, smoothies, whatever. Mm-hmm again you know we're over two years into this now and daily I probably max out um at about 40 ounces like on a good day I don't intake 40 ounces which is crazy but Mm. um, so are you saying that you have long lasting so your the areas of weak weakness in your body or in need of uh extra care are your heart mm -hmm. and did you say your kidneys my lungs 
your lungs and your heart. My lungs and, and my heart. Mm-hmm. And so those are always something you have to kind of be aware of. Is that right? Yes. And so um, it's a lot of uh, risk for the fluid retention. So mm-hmm. that's why I have to really, really be careful, um, you know, with my um, intake as far as um, my diet. I've been able to um, adjust. It's always mind over matter. And it's cliche, but it's so true. What you focus on will grow. What you pay more attention to will be magnified in your mind. So I choose to uh, be grateful that I'm still around because I Mm -hmm. literally almost wasn't. Mm -hmm. I choose to pour wisdom into other wives who have struggles like um, I did Mm -hmm. to um, other ladies who are looking to actually transition either out of corporate or do career changes. So I pull my time into that and I almost don't have time to pay attention or wallow in the fact that, you know, I can't eat and drink as freely as I could or Mm -hmm. I have to take medications or uh, my physical activity is um, greatly reduced. I'm just so thankful to still have more time to make an impact with my life. So I don't worry about these other things. Right. It sounds like you choose not to give it too much room. Um, right. So you had said to me in an earlier conversation that when your world blew up, that you had been forced to spend more time with yourself, like with Mm -hmm. who you were. Mm -hmm. And so do you feel like you can talk just a little bit about what parts of yourself you didn't like that you discovered? Yes. I didn't like that, um, classic fight or flight I had become, and I, you know, grew up in a neighborhood where, you know, sometimes you just, you had to fight. Mm -hmm. It wasn't an area where you could fly. But I realized (laughs) that uh, more often than not, when things got tough, and you can read tough as didn't go my way, (laughs) I, I checked out. I was out. I had to really spend some time working on the whole idea that, you know, I had become a, a fleer and abandoner and realizing after some digging, some work, some counseling, realizing that I myself had suffered uh, from um, abandonment issues. My mom was a single mom. Mm-hmm. I'm the baby of um, the family. My brother and sister are 12 and 13 years my senior. So mm. the story that I had uh, been telling myself about me having to be strong and me having to call the shots and no one was going to take advantage of me and things like that. On the face of it, on the very shallow level of it, it's nothing wrong uh, with those ideas. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be a strong woman. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be independent. There's nothing wrong with wanting your voice heard. But as you said, Ronit, what is really driving that? What's your intention of that so I had to look at through this whole process both of my hearts my spiritual heart as well as my physical heart and mm-hmm. so while the doctors were prescribing uh, medication to try to you know clear up and treat what was going on in my physical heart I had to really do the soul work and really look spiritually and try to understand how I could clean up Uh, my intentions and what were happening spiritually with my heart. And so it's, it's been a great experience. And, um, you know, and I, like I said, I still have to check myself because 
sometimes something ugly will fly out of my mouth. And I, again, mm-hmm. I love my husband so much because mm-hmm. he's not a quick responder like me. I'm like, you know, if you say something, I'm right back at you. Like, you know, we can go toe to toe. But he is yeah. a processor. He doesn't immediately respond. And he's very careful to do that because he's always intent to respond, to get clarity and to respond from a place of love. And I love that about him. So if I say something stupid, um, he'll give me a few seconds and I'll be like, oh, I'm like, rewind, <laughs> pretend like I didn't say that. And he just laughs like he literally laughs. He knows that I have, you know, a crazy tongue sometimes. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, so are you saying I have to ask this because I, I once talked to someone who said that people in relationships when I was in my own search, that people in relationships uh, and I mean search for emotional growth and, you know, mm-hmm. feeling better mm-hmm. that people in relationships find partners who are at the same emotional level as them so often when you know at least in the beginning before there's evolution so Mm -hmm. you can complain about your partner all you want and about how much better you are but generally speaking you have found your match in terms of maturity and how they play and everything and so you know do you feel like is he is he a step ahead of you when it comes to his being in touch with emotions or is he at the same place as you Um, I feel like we are totally yin and yang. We are a great balance, Um, just almost with everything in the house where I'm more of a spender. He's more of a saver. I'm kind of loud and boisterous. He is, you know, a little more reserved. We balance each other out. The thing about, you know, 2016 and 17 versus today is we meet in the middle. We take Mm -hmm. the time to talk through what we're going on. And so I don't fault him for um, anything that he's feeling or being more reserved. Like um, those first two years, um, again, why we didn't have uh, much of a honeymoon period Mm -hmm. is because I'm a talker, I'm a spiller, dumper, expresser. And he is, he's an empath and Mm -hmm. he's not very expressive. And um, I took that personally. I'm just like, why won't this dude talk to me? Like he bought me this crazy (laughs) expensive ring, you know, uprooted his life. Like, what is the deal? And in my callousness, you know, again, drawing on this bloodline of mine, I'm just like, well, if he's not going to act right, then he could just leave. And and I, and I, in my mind, I would say these things so (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is really just, I mean, it's like a armor, right? I mean, can I say that? Because I feel Mm -hmm. like, I I know I didn't live your experience, but I'm not unfamiliar with some of what you're talking about, you know, personally. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it's just a way to protect ourselves. Yes, it is totally a defense mechanism. And when you realize that, when you get to the point of awareness and bravery, where you can say it out loud, it loses power. It loses Mm -hmm. power because now you have to be accountability because now you can't say you don't know because you know you're well aware now. So what are you going to do with that information? Are you willing to change And again, another cliche, are you uh, more concerned with being right or are you more concerned with being happy? I choose Mm -hmm. happy all day. And guess what? Because I can talk to myself and I can talk to my girls and I'm going to be right to myself and I'm going to be right (laughs) to my girls. But I have to learn how to sometimes just shut up in the house. And that is a lesson that I teach all my women. I don't I don't necessarily I shouldn't say this because I am. I've transitioned into being um, sort of a relationship but coach. I, so I'm more many, so many, so many 
women. I'm talking about all over Instagram, mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Reach out to me um, as far as um, relationship coaching. Mm-hmm. And um, a big thing that my two top things that I tell them, believe it or not, is and I trust me, I am a feminist. So feminists don't beat me up here. But mm-hmm. two things for a successful relationship and household that we as women, especially strong, independent women have to learn how to do is number one don't take things personal because Mm -hmm. men are really just kind of trying to make it trying to do what they need to do to satisfy their own needs and sometimes it has absolutely nothing to do with us I had to learn that Mm -hmm. like 9.9 times out of 10 has absolutely nothing to do with you Mm -hmm. and then the other thing is that you have to be willing to be quiet sometimes Mm -hmm. and in that quiet time You can't just analyze his behavior. You have to analyze yours. And it is not going to be helpful to anyone to say everything that comes to your mind or to your heart. Mm -hmm. Take some time, ponder those things. And again, there's nothing wrong with talking it over with a confidant um, before you bring that to your mate. And, you know, Mm -hmm. more often than not, you have to let cooler heads prevail. And then it's just like, okay, now we can have a meaningful conversation around mm-hmm. this. So I've had to work through all of that. And, you know, I, I heard a version of this, which is remi- what you're saying reminds me of this, which is uh, what I heard from someone I was working with a long time ago was this is not a time for action, that you can feel chaotic inside and you can feel like you need to do something, but it's not always a good time to actually take action, right? It, it can yeah. be a time to ruminate and think and mull it over and let yeah. that urge pass and then yes. figure it out when you're calmer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what do you think of the person you are now? I love this chick, man. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I was a pretty good fan of myself prior, but I love this new creature that I've become the lenses through which I view the world are completely different and it's Mm -hmm. nothing like facing death that really makes you appreciate the sanctity of life and Mm -hmm. nature family love joy Mm -hmm. all of those things and being able to practice gratitude not on a shallow level but be really internally thankful to have a presence in the world. I'm so grateful that uh, people want to hear my story. People want to um, take my counsel and coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, it literally brings me to tears almost daily just thinking about I'm so, so thankful. And I mean, I did a complete 180 from corporate you know, making someone else wealthy and me being miserable, right? Because it's mm-hmm. not all about dollar signs, but I have wealth and riches spiritually and internally mm-hmm. because I know that I'm making a lasting impact in the world. So it's not always about income. For me, it's more about impact now. And mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about where people can find you and how we can learn more about the work you do? Yes, absolutely. Um, folks can visit my website, uh, which is uh, my name, artishabolding.com, A-R-T-I-S-H-A-B-O-L-D-I-N-G.com, artishabolding.com. And 
it's uh, all of my socials are public i love to hear from folks so please send me a friend request hit me up on facebook i am uh, my handle is um artisha bolding and on instagram it's artisha dot bolding so i would love 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 um to share with folks if folks you know want to talk about uh, relationship issues if they want to talk about near-death experiences nothing's off the table with me so i'm very very mm-hmm. open <laughs> great thank you and do you have a podcast i do, how could i forget we're uh we're, <laughs> just, we're just embarking on season three i can't even believe it bold journeys podcast and um journeys is spelt with two z's and those two z's will need represent the two times that I went into a coma and also two important holidays that I missed with my family through this health crisis. I told you about Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. The other one was um, that following Easter, I missed too. So Bold Journeys with two Zs on all major platforms. I did a bonus episode for a 2020 countdown and we are coming back with season three talking all things relationship mm-hmm. current events and purpose is there anything else that that i didn't ask you about or that you want to touch upon that i didn't pay any attention to or do you feel like we covered your mission uh, my primary mission now is to ensure that women and entrepreneurs are no longer stuck in life but thriving in success that's aligned with their passion and purpose i motivate them to birth business books and brands so that's what Mm -hmm. i talk about when i talk about career changers um girls that are transitioning out of corporate and even um ladies that are looking to do startup businesses so Um, That's my thing. I don't want anyone to have their potential be buried and go to the graveyard with them. I want them to give their gifts freely to the world. So that's my day-to-day job. That is my uh, mission. And I do, I focus on uh, women and entrepreneurs specifically. So Mm -hmm. I did want to share that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I love your energy and um. I'm really happy we connected. It's been so fun to talk with you and I love your sense of humor. And I think uh, I, I do get that sense that really you, you you talk about what's really happening and you don't pull any punches, but you're also warm about it and mm-hmm. um, nurturing about it. So that's that must be really good to work with. Thank you. Such a huge compliment, Ronita. And it's been my pleasure. I'm so glad we connected as well. I appreciate the work that you do and um, your show is really, really something that's needed in the world. They say, okay, so many thousands of shows, but there are shows that uh, make an impact and that they're going to help someone at whatever stage they're, they're at. And I think that's your show. So thank you. Thank you for listening to And Then Everything Changed. For more on this episode, photos, and other episodes you might like, please visit atecpodcast.com. You can connect with me and learn more about episodes on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram also. Just search for my name, Ronit Plank, 
R-O-N-I-T-P-L-A-N-K, and you will find all the updates. If you like this podcast, please remember to subscribe and also rate and review so other people can find it. Thank you so much for listening. 